Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Welcome to episode number 156 of the podcast. Now, today we're talking about winning in life and as a team, and that's exactly what my two guests are doing today. Now, they've both been on the podcast before, and that is Andy Vasily and Neela Steele. Now, they make up an amazing power couple that together are just dominating, and they're such inspirations to so many people. So I had Andy on the show, episode 47, and Neela on at 71, and I really wanted to get them on together just to really share what they do as a couple, as a relationship, how they foster their time alone, their time apart, and not only that, the beliefs that they've created for their family. And today's chat is really special. It's going to hit home with so many so many of you out there because what Andy and Neela do for each other and for themselves is truly, truly impressive. And you can really tell that by today's conversation. So if you want to hear both of their backstories, Andy is 47 podcast and Neela is 71. Um, we go into a little bit deeper about everything they've done in their lives, their upbringing, um, whereas today is just all about them as a couple, things they do for each other and their family. Now, before I get into today's podcast as well, we're so over the moon with the the response to our daily mission cards by Sugar Life. Uh, these cards are been they're in over ten different countries now. You can purchase them on our website. There is also a link in the show notes. There are forty missions, and so the forty missions, one each day, is all about sharing kindness, gratitude, self-love, and then there's reflection questions and everything like that. Now, these are suited for families, sports clubs, workplaces, and schools. So go and check them out. They are plastic. They are really cool. You'll never be able to break them, and they are going to change the way you look at kindness, happiness, and gratitude. So check them out. But here we go, guys. Episode number 156 with Andy Vasily and Neil Steele. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited. I've got uh, two people now. This is their second time on the podcast, and not only individuals, that was episode number 47 and 71, but now this super couple, powerhouse, dominating the world, are here Mm. in person. Very exciting. I've got Andy Vasily and Neela Steele. How are you guys? Hey, Dale. We're great. Thanks a lot for inviting us on the show. And thanks for that uh, overinflated <laughs> intro. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think that's possible, Neil. And now, um, I was just talking a little bit off air. I wanted to have you both on here because um, I I just remember when we were in Dubai. I don't think this might have been two or three years ago. I know it was a long time ago. But um, and you had a keynote, and it was a really personal one. You were very vulnerable. You, you shared so much about your life. But what I loved about it is it wasn't just about you. You both did this together and you included Neela and um, for me that was such a beautiful thing and it really showed that um, the unity you have, the respect for each other and the team that you've created in a relationship. Now, do you want to talk about that and uh, I just want to get to the end of this. How how have you been able to create such a, a beautiful relationship and, and one where you do so many things together? Yeah, I think over the past um, probably decade we've worked, gone on this self-discovery path both of us. And it's been, it's been individual paths, but our learning, we constantly share back together. And then we realized, I think that a lot of the stuff that we were learning about was inspiring us to, um, 
just share it more with people out there in the world, but also that idea of really connecting on a daily basis, Neil and I, to deepen our own relationship and to, because a lot of the things that we learn apply to us individually, but as a couple, and really being inspired to go on that path together. It's been a great journey. From from my side, I think a little back history is that um, we've been married for 20 years. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. <laughs> and uh, and uh, from the very beginning, we made spending time together a priority. So even through all the stages, we, we currently have two beautiful teenage boys. And when they were little, we obviously didn't have that much time. But even I remember Andy saying, even if it was 20 minutes to just have time for us face to face to talk about our day. And then I clearly remember, um, gradually that time would change. And then we, we called it, you know, date night. And I had a problem with that because I thought, Oh, it's so structured. There's no spontaneity in it. And, uh, but it, it quickly turned into anything from going to the gym together, walking the dog, uh, all the way to you know, getting all gussied up and going to a fancy restaurant. But it didn't have to be that all the time because the the bottom line was us spending time together and uh, making that a priority. And I think from that, Dale, it's grown into what ways can we be better ourselves, but what ways can we also model these sort of ideas and values that we have for our boys yeah, and and I know that I, what you're just saying there. It sounds so simple, but um, a lot of the time, I think people think you have to have for a date night or for time, you have to have something structured. You have to have something set out. Was that not the case? That um, just actually being together, being present. I think that's the one thing I'm really getting out of that. That you're not on your device, you're not doing other things. Your mind's actually with each other, and that 20 minutes is is crucial. Yeah, I would agree with that, and I think it was just any any time that we had and. And we didn't want to put this pressure on this at being the only time that we could connect. Therefore, we had to maximize the time and use it. We just went into a non-pressure, you know, just spending time together was most important. And, you know, we we see out there a lot. There's a lot of couples who put so much time and energy into to their kids, which is what all parents want to do. But that cannot be at the expense of the relationship. Yeah. where you you end up not knowing one another when your boys or your kids are grown. No, it's like intimately staying connected and knowing each other on a day-to-day basis um, is a really powerful thing, and that's something that we really strive to prioritize in, in our life, as Neela said. Yeah, I, I, I really love that, and um, I know how much – we'll talk about your two boys and um, the lovely family you've created and everything like that, but um, as well as that, one thing I'm, I really loved, and this was recently on your holidays, that um, Andy, every day I saw you playing golf somewhere, and Neil, I know that you were off on a month-long retreat by yourself, so you've just mentioned yeah. how important it is to obviously have that connection, spend that time together, but um, how important is it still to have your own life and your own interests like you've just done? Yeah, um, well, I've just come off of a divine month, and um, I I keep appreciating that time because um, I'm going to be 50 next year. I have two teenage boys. Um, I, I think it's so rare for a woman 
my age in my life stage to be able to say to her partner, look, I really want to go and spend a month doing this. Do you support me? And can you take care of the boys while I'm off doing this? So with, without that support, it wouldn't have happened. And it was, it wasn't like me running off and saying, well, I'm going to drop everything and do this no matter what. But, uh, without just to repeat without Andy's support, it never would have happened. And in that month, uh, when I came back, I said to Andy, it was so radical to go off, have a retreat for that amount of time. Um, and it wasn't only a retreat, it was a 200 hour yoga certification. So I walked away with a certification after that, but to go and not be Eli and Ty's mother, to not be known as Andy's wife, to not be known as an educator. I, got to choose the intensity that I connected with the other people at that course. And I was literally just me. And so many aspects were I was taken care of. Um, the food was amazing. I was learning. I was studying. I had busy days from seven to seven, but I was absolutely loving it because I was diving into something that, uh, I, very much consider a part of my identity and that is yoga and wellness and meditation. So the, the challenge for me now is how to sustain that, uh, how to sustain that motivation as I move and transition back to the rituals and routines of my everyday life and the responsibilities. Yeah. But having, having said that, Dale, I think uh, Andy and I have always believed that it is very important for each of us to take off a week, probably every other year. And um, we've gone on solo trips ourselves, and we've always had a uh, a point of focus for those trips. And for Andy, it's been golf, and for me, it's been either meditation or yoga, and that's. we come back uh, refreshed and rejuvenated and you've had time to reflect on all that is present in your life. And that is wonderful. So I'm very, very grateful for that experience. I I love that. And it's so, it's so powerful to hear that you uh, appreciate each other and you know how important that is. And so Neil, obviously a month away and Andy, I want to get your view on this. When you've done these previously a week away or whatever, what have you learned about yourself? Because I'm a big believer and I used to struggle being by myself, but now I don't believe anybody can truly love anybody else until you love being present with yourself. So what what have you learned, particularly a month away, that's a long time where you'll be able to be Neela, you'll be able to be yourself, you weren't a mum, you weren't a partner, you were just basically Neela doing what you loved. So what did you learn there? And Andy, what have you learned about yourself, particularly has your golf swing improved? But no, seriously, what have you learned about yourself, guys? Can I um, say something before Andy does? Um, I just want to say that initially when I asked Andy if he would be good with this idea, it was initially only a week. Okay. So, okay. So, you know, I had this idea and I said, do you mind? I need a week this summer. I didn't say, do you mind? It was our discussion about it. And then gradually I added in that I wanted more time. It was a month. So I don't want to make this sound like, oh, Andy was like, hey, hell yeah. Um, (laughs) it, It wasn't accepted at first. You know, the one week was accepted. And then when it was more time, uh, there was a little more discussion and a little more, you know, tug of war as yeah, to why. And it wasn't, why. it wasn't that it wasn't accepted. It's just like a month away, you know? It's a long time. So it's, 
that's during our summer. <laughs> so I had to be okay with, with that. And then genuinely understanding that this is what she needed at this point in her life. And that it was an amazing opportunity. And I was able to flip the switch pretty quickly uh, to um, convey to her how powerful of an experience I thought it would be. And in, in my case, you know, you asked, what did I learn about myself going on my golf trips and stuff? The power of human connection. There is no question because I go into these, these, these trips and you always want to find somebody to play golf with or go on a golf buddies weekend with. And going into this solo journey, it's like, you know, you have to open yourself up to the people you're going to meet. And I remember specifically going to Scotland on my first solo golf trip, thinking to myself on the plane, I'm going to walk away from this trip, meeting some amazing people. And I opened myself up to that. And to this day, I'm good friends with the very first person that I met there who who brought me out golfing and, and we become good friends. And every time I go back, I see him. His name's Mike Robson. He's like 62 years old, former amateur champion golfer. And um, just opening yourself up to these amazing connections that you walk away like feeling connected and, and learning so much about other people and feeling such a deep sense of gratitude and appreciation for the universe giving you these, these amazing opportunities, you know, and taking advantage of them. But the key is remaining open to them, you know, and that can be scary and it can, you don't know what to expect, but you have to open yourself up to it. Yeah. I I think that's beautiful. And like you just mentioned, if you go into something already making perceived like ideas of what it's going to be like, then you're really missing out and you might not have that really good mate in your, in your life like Mike. So I think that's a great thing. And it is about human connection. And when you are outside of your comfort zone, because normally you have your partner there, you've got your kids there. So when you go by yourself, you really have to step out, be open-minded and put yourself out there. And I suppose it's been a little bit vulnerable, isn't it? Absolutely. Yes. And I think the, the power <clears throat> the true power um, of this whole solo journey came to like wanting to bring my family to the same place in in Scotland, and then we went at Christmas time, and then Neela and the boys met Mike, and then I brought Eli back this summer to the same place to to play golf, and then he fell in love with, and he finally understood. I understand why you wanted to do this, pops. You know, <laughs> it's so beautiful here, and the people are so nice, and. So it's just opening yourself up to these life experiences. But as Neela said, modeling these experiences to our kids to open up the world of possibility to them too. You, you talked about Dale saying that you have to be aware of your, your own sort of judgments that you might have if you were going on your own. So back to the yoga course that I took, I met many individuals who came to the course on their own. And we all sort of talked about our anxieties and worries about signing up for the course. We were, you know, we were comparing, like, were the other people going to be better at yoga or was it going to be safe for many solo females who traveled? And, um, I, think if you are single and you are worried about attending a workshop, know that there are going to be other people in a similar situation. And when you get 
when you have a focus like attending, um, you, like you just ran a workshop in Bali, is right? Yeah, and right. I was just about to say it. It's it's very funny. Yeah. We sat around and um, there was there was so many single people on this trip. There was all females and myself. And after about the third day, we opened up exactly like this, and everyone was scared. Everyone was nervous. But what that actually does is the the connections in the room, like you're about to say, was unbelievable because people didn't have that safety blanket. And it's, it's very intense. You come and meet as strangers, you're all sort of, you know, huddled around and you also get to choose the intensity of how much you want to, to share with people during the, uh, month long retreat. I had many intimate conversations with people who admitted that they have not shared these stories with their friends. So it was, it's full on. You come, you meet as strangers, and by the end of the week or the month, you are embracing and there are uh, tears shed when you're parting. So it, yeah. for anybody who is sort of hesitant about going off on a solo journey, um, you know, the first step is booking and making those plans to just go out on that sort of adventure. So I really encourage people to to go off and try a workshop or something, whatever they love, yeah. and really delving into it a little bit more. I love that, Neil, and I, I didn't want to make this about me, but the retreats that we run, um, each time it's a different experience with different people, and um, each time it's as magical or better or it's always different, but what you find is the connections that you form with people, um, when you're outside your comfort zone and you don't know these people, vulnerability is everywhere and it's beautiful and you know the tears the love the just the energy in the room is incredible and I can imagine after a month um it probably was it hard to leave some of those people um I I think after the month uh I was ready to go back to my own family so it was definitely hard to leave that uh scheduled routine and the discipline and I've made some connections and continue to keep in touch with those people. So I think for me, I, w- I was ready. It, it wasn't so difficult, but it was, it, it's always hard to say farewell to a good thing yeah. to a great, yeah, it doesn't. And then again, that, that leads to the mindfulness of impermanence. Nothing ever stays the same. You're not ever going to do the same routine. No day was the same. And uh, all the more reason to really cherish those moments because you know they're they're not everlasting. Yeah, so, so true. Now, um, I want to – there was one thing now, Neil, I don't know if you remember this, but after your podcast, uh, Episode 71, which was amazing, we ended up chatting for nearly an hour afterwards and some yeah. of it was really beautiful. And um, I know you just said you've got your 50th coming up and it just reminded me that um, the, the lovely thing you did for Andy's 50th with the letters. Do you want to um, – we didn't get to share that last time. I don't know if that's something you want to share, but um, that for me when I heard this, I – it just made me smile and I was happy. And, and that's, I reckon people will feel the same way. And, and then, um, so let, let me talk about that first because, um, so for Andy's 50th birthday, I had contacted, uh, over 50 of his friends and asked them to send. So, uh, backstory again, we live, we currently live in Saudi Arabia and we're Canadian and I contacted, over 50 of Andy's friends and asked them to send a simple birthday message on a postcard or a Hallmark card. 
And um, would they please do that? I did this months in advance so that people would have a lot of time. And uh, for over a month, Andy received daily snail mail. I call it old school. And each day, I mean, the cards ranged from postcards to personalized um, art pieces that people had created. And uh, it was a month-long gift of over... I mean, I don't know if we got 50, but close. No, but we got a lot. Close and, yeah. to. It's incredible. Close to. Yeah. And then that made me connect to something that you also practice, which is uh, sending a friend, whether they were a friend of another time or another season, and you sent people letters. Can you talk about that? Because I thought that was great. Yeah, so, yeah. Me to do something similar well I, I i do it was a lot through social media and um i've started actually handwriting letters now because it it's just so much powerfuller um but my thing was and uh, i did this for 100 days and i've spoke about it a lot now but um in a lot of my keynotes and everything that um the first thing i do in the morning when i do my morning routine is i would pick a friend um and then i call it the pal message so i would write them hey andy please don't feel like you have to write back but i'd write i'm proud of you because i'd write a paragraph i admire you because and i love you because and um i get up quite early so that would be the first thing that that people receive in the morning. And um, I did it for 100 days straight. It probably took me about 105, 106 days to get them done. Um, and I had people crying and ringing me. I had people ring me and say, Dale, are you all right? Is something wrong? Um, and I was like, wow, isn't, isn't that shocking? Because nothing's wrong. I just want to tell someone I love them. But we don't do it. Yeah, and to, to add to that, on my birthday party, the actual 50th, party that we held here at the house that inspired us to say don't bring gifts and what we did was we gave everybody um a card a blank card and we said please write a letter to somebody uh, that matters to you doesn't matter who it is tell us their name and address and we will send it for you so that was our that was a gift to us and a gift that we were giving to them so um, Neela collected all the letters and then sent them to different people around the world on the behalf of the person who wrote it. Yeah. And amazing. they slowly, they got back saying, Oh my God, my sister received the card and she was overwhelmed. And you know, my one, my one friend's uh, Irish friend here who we work with, his dad was visiting and his dad is this rough kind of quiet, closed <laughs> older man, you know, probably 75 uh, who never opens up. Um, and he, they had just lost the mother. So he was in a very vulnerable state and, and we asked him to do this and he didn't want to do it. So Patty, my Irish friend said, no, dad, you're writing a letter, (laughs) write a letter to somebody who you love. So, so the father wrote a letter to, um, Patty's sister and, um, and then the sister received the letter and was blown away by the message in the letter. The father actually opened up for the first time to her. So, you know, Everybody is, um, you know, everybody's fighting their own battles, you know, that we don't, we don't know anything about. And, and this art of human connection can truly inspire people, you know. Oh, it, it's so true. So what were some of that? That's so beautiful. Um, and 
what were some of the other reactions from people? Because kindness is just the most beautiful, infectious thing in the world. And um, so from doing that, when people, you know, you allowed people to have a, a voice when they probably wouldn't have that if they did it themselves, because it is scary. It's putting themselves out there and it's showing their emotions on a different level. So what were some of the other stories like Patty's that come from such a beautiful gesture that you both did? Yeah, I think it was just that idea that we provided people with an opportunity to reconnect to somebody that they knew ultimately that they needed to reconnect with. Yeah. Whoever that was in the moment, they knew who that letter had to go to. And I think there was just a lot of just appreciation shared about, you know, my mother received the letter or my sister or my friend received the letter. And um, how grateful they were for, for that opportunity to really share, share a message with somebody that they knew that they needed to reconnect with. And on the receiving end, people appreciate somebody else taking the time to hand write a thoughtful message. Um, it's not a text. It's, and, and to know that somebody else was thinking of them in that positive light and, it really does want you to pay that forward to give somebody else that lovely gift, which doesn't take a lot of time or effort. No, it doesn't. Give. But the, the yeah. impact it can have is is crazy. Now, that, I love that. If people are listening, do that. While you're thinking about it now, pick someone out and just write them a letter. It doesn't have to be big. It can be a paragraph just saying something you appreciate about them. And I can guarantee it will make – the day, the person's day, but you will feel even 20 times better. So let's talk about as a family. And I love this. I always see your big, uh, blackboard in your house and it's all about practicing daily gratitude, um, and other things like that. Do you want to share some of the things that you do as a family? Because I think it's beautiful. Well, first it started out, uh, I would say that we've been practicing, uh, the art of gratitude for over long time, long time. yeah a long time. Um, so when the boys were really little, before we went to bed, the four of us would be together, and we would uh, say what we were grateful for for that day. So it it looked like something of a prayer where we said, um, you know, dear God, thank you so much for, and then. Slowly, that sort of changed to us just saying what went well, which is which comes from Martin Seligman's uh, positive psychology, and it's called the WWW question. So what went well today? And then um, we started to document it and write it up on the chalkboard. We use the chalkboard to decide what kind of gratitude we had that day. So if we met up with a friend and we had a great chat, we would write that that was connection. Or if we had a really great meal, we were grateful for our physical health. So we started to identify the areas that we were grateful for. And then it's, um, it's ebbed and flowed with how many times we've sort of rigorously adhered to practicing that. But what I love now is as teenagers, my boys drop it in to their conversations. It's no longer we need to, we must. Um, and it's, it's come to a point where it's very natural for Eli and Ty to say 
things that they are grateful for. So they see and practice looking at the world through this lens of appreciation. And for Andy and I, I always do a little, you know, invisible fist pump because it's now, you know, it's now rooted. It's no longer just throwing those seeds out and wondering if they're, they will germinate. They are now rooted in our boys and the way that we as a family um, can continue that sort of uh, practice. Yeah. And one thing I just want to add is this idea of through all of this, and like Neela said, it's like you're doing all of this work for gratitude. And for many years, the, the kids, you weren't sure if they really they would do it. And then all of a sudden they've, they've taken it on and they're, they're actually doing it all the time, which is amazing. And you feel, you feel so, um, uh, satisfied in knowing that they are not buying into it, but they truly understand the value of gratitude and appreciation. And the, the thing that we also do a lot is we have lots of conversations about, um, how things make us feel and say more about that, you know, like say more about what you're feeling right now. So it's, it could be like, I'll give you an example. Um, Ty, uh, our youngest son, Ty, I asked him about what his favorite part of the summer was. So Ty and I just went to Dubai on a, on a boy's weekend, a dude by trip, right? Oh, so I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and we were having dinner and I, I said, so what was, what was your favorite part about the summer? Uh, he went to a soccer camp. So he said three things in order, um, the top three things. And then that could have been it. But I said, no, now, like, tell me the feelings that you experienced in that moment. So then Ty starts to explore those feelings. And we don't talk about feelings enough in life, you know, with people and how you truly feel and say more about that. You know, and so much is revealed through these conversations. So it'll, you know, having those conversations with Eli and Ty and with with Neela, uh, with uh, each other, allows us to explore the the feelings that we're experiencing or the feelings we have experienced, the emotions, and to unpack those a bit and to invest the time and energy into having those conversations. How much uh, more authentic can it get? You know, so creating opportunities for authenticity through um, really digging deep into the emotions that we experience and why we experience them is an act of mindfulness itself. Yeah, correct. correct. And what I love about that is I know a lot of people, um, you know, gratitude's been around for years, but I think it's becoming uh, just a thing that people do now. But what I love what you just mentioned there is don't just say I'm grateful for uh, my job, my family or whatever, actually dig deeper and actually explain the feelings behind that. And once you started doing that, do you reckon that's why the boys embrace it so much? I I think it has had many iterations. At first, I really thought I was pressuring them to be grateful, even when they weren't. Okay. Uh, and and as Andy said, uh, it's taken years for them to have their own take on it. And initially, uh, initially it was just uh, you know one time I remember Ty saying I'm grateful for the three F's. And I was like, wait, what? And he said, my friends, food and family. Mm-hmm. And we were like, okay, you know, so, and then we got into the more, um, the more of why or what, or what little 
it doesn't, you know, it could always be friends, food and family, but then we'd get into, well, what are three teeny tiny things that you're grateful for or three medium things or three large and massive things. And our boys are very, um, appreciative. Like even their comments saying, thank you so much for doing this and this and this. And, um, uh, I don't know many other teenage boys that say as many times as my boys do, thank you for this and that. Uh, I think for people to find their own, their own little family practice, um, we know another family and they also, after dinner, they take three sticky notes and then they write down their gratitude and then they keep it documented in a little, you know, gratitude jar. And I, I think if you have one little practice and then you take it in any direction that you want, then, then it becomes the little teeny tiny habit that you want in your life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's and I know I used to find, particularly when I was growing up, that we'd sit around the table and we'd talk about the day. But what I find now is that people work ridiculous hours. They're always working. They've been able to be contacted. Um, they're distracted. They're not in the moment. Um, how important is it, like you just said, to do something like that, write on a sticky note, scrunch it up, read it out, all right, who felt this today? Or um, I, what I've created is one of them is just six questions and you roll a dice and whatever number that reflects on, what was the best thing that happened today? When did you feel most happy or whatever? How important is it that we do invest time in these conversations and that we do allow people to speak and, and that we make it a priority? Yeah, it doesn't. And it doesn't take a lot of time. It doesn't take a lot of time and it's so profound the – the impact that you have with your family, especially teenage boys right now, when we sit down and we don't, we are also quite busy and we also don't have, um, we probably sit down and eat dinner three or four times a week. Mm -hmm. So during those times for us to connect during that time, uh, the later on the long-term impact is so profound and powerful. So, admittedly, sometimes we're all super hungry and we, we sit down and then Andy will say, okay, first say, you know, one thing that you're grateful for. <laughs> and everybody's, you know, tapping their foot under the table because they're like, come on, we got to eat. Right. So, but it, I mean, literally it probably takes, you know, 90 seconds for us to say something. And then we always like it, 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 it buoys us up. It's, uh, even when we're grumpy or the one person's grumpy and we crack them up or, you know, the power of humor to just diffuse, uh, that angry energy. It, it, I guess what I'm trying to say is it doesn't take much time. And when you do it over time, the impact is profound. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that, it's, it's that investment. As you said, it's like, whatever the ritual is, you know, you can, you can look online, you can find all these rituals, but at the end of the day, you will decide what you want to do with your family to connect. And then that becomes your ritual that just morphs and evolves and changes and twists over time. And one of the uh, things I wanted to mention this summer is, you know, being alone with the boys and then bringing them to different camps. So Eli went to golf camp for a week and, um, it was, we were having breakfast that morning before, Ty and I were going to drop Eli off for the week. And I had a bit of anxiety dropping him off, you know, like he was going to be gone for the week. And I got an Airbnb apartment 500 meters away from the camp, right? (laughs) But I knew 
I, we weren't going to see each other and that he was truly going to be gone for the week. But he admitted to me in that moment that he was feeling um, really nervous. And then again, we started to have a conversation about it. I said, tell me more about it. And I said to him, um, if you had to flip your anxiety or your nervousness into a question, what questions do you have about the experience you're about to embark on? And then it took a minute for him to kind of understand what I was asking and I had to re-ask it. But the idea was flipping anxiety and nervousness into curiosity. And I wonder statements. I wonder yes. statements. Yeah. So then, so then, it, yeah, we used I wonder statements. So then Eli said, well, I wonder what my, um, I wonder what my um, camp mates will be like. Can, can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, I've still got you, mate. Yep. So I wonder what my campmates will be like. I wonder who I will get along with the most. I wonder what the golf coaches will be like. I wonder what my room will be like. So we had a chance to discuss going into the unknown. Of course, you're going to be nervous and anxious. But when you flip this anxiety and nervousness into I wonder statements or I wonder questions, then it frames it completely differently. Right. So. Again, looking for different ways to unpack emotions and to dive into it at a deeper level has always been very uh, impactful, I think. Yeah, what what I'm really taking away from everything you've mentioned today is that it's all well and good to, you know, have discussions, have that human connection, practice gratitude. But if you don't dig deep enough, you're only brushing the surface. And by what you've just done there, you have flipped that anxiety and probably made it feel okay because there's so many different variables. Of course, that energy, that it'd be it'd be probably crazy if your son wasn't nervous about going on that. And I suppose the more you talk about something, the better it becomes, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. And, and this makes me connect to... Before this, so when we went on holiday, we were together as a family for 10 days in Greece. And my time was coming up to head to the yoga retreat. And it was maybe two or three days that Andy and I were interacting and noticing, uh, maybe more so Andy, we were noticing more so that Andy was, um, we both were sort of highly a little more irritated and it was finally when he said, um, I'm feeling separation anxiety. And when he said that and we were on a walk, I was like, oh, so am I. That's exactly <laughs> what's going on. We're not this, you know, crotchety. Like, because I couldn't understand uh, at that time. I was like, we're in this like bijou location. We're on the Greek, you know, we're in beach, we're on the beach in Greece. We're eating amazing food. We're here as a family. We're not working. And yet why, what is this feeling that's creeping up? Um, and we both realized it. So by naming and stating whatever you are feeling in the moment, it, it gives you that little aha moment for yourself, but then your partner goes, Oh, that's why you're being like that. You know? So it's, it is so important to, uh, go below, go deeper, uh, and, and try to figure out what is it in this moment that will change, will not be permanent and then get to the root of feelings, behavior, um, you know, mindsets, 
And that, that was just a moment for me this summer where I was like, Oh, okay. That's why we're both acting really weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it it really just comes down to communication, doesn't it? And that if we don't, if we're not uh, mind readers and that even though, as you said, you've been together 20 years, you still, I bet, can't read each other. So if you don't talk, you don't understand, you get confused, you get on all these different emotions. You start overplaying in your head. Whereas if you just simply share, like you've just done there um you realize that you're both in the same boat and that (laughs) there's a reason for that so i think that's a great takeaway now just before i let you go because i'm aware of the time and uh everything like that um i'm sure there are a lot of parents or even maybe teachers or things like here that um they're like they want to incorporate some of this in their lessons or at home or something like that if you could maybe give one or two tips Andy neil on ways to you know create something like you've created with your family with your boys and together, um, what are maybe a couple of really simple little tips that they could take away today and action to put the wheels in motion to get the results that you're getting and, and the happiness that I see when I look at you both now? I would say, I'll just say one. And then, go ahead, Neil, go ahead, yeah. We've been really thinking deeply about, we did some training in positive discipline um, before the end of the school year in June, and a positive discipline is just simple strategies to to build respect and trust in the classroom and at home. And one of the things that they they build their whole, whole program it on is the idea of that we have to connect before we correct. And that's it right there. If, if you are striving to, to connect before you jump down somebody's throat to correct them, you know, and I know as teachers, you have to give feedback to students and you have to correct their mistakes and and at home with your spouse and your kids, it's all about, you know, sometimes correcting what might not be working or whatever it is. But if, if there isn't a genuine attempt to deeply connect before you do that, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. And it's so simple. You know, it's so simple. So why can't we do it more? Why do we let so much shit get in the way uh, instead of just genuinely connecting with the person or the people and and um, really get to know them on a deeper level to build belonging and significance and trust and then begin to have those conversations about correcting whatever correcting means. Yeah, it, it's so true. And before I cut you off, so Neela, I always talk to Andy that it's connection before content. So I don't think anybody's got any right to roll in and start telling people how to do something if you haven't built that relationship or won them over or that they trust you. And and I think that's exactly what you just mentioned there. And it it is so true for teachers, for parents, for sports coaches, for anybody that you need to have that connection, that relationship before you can think about doing anything with anybody. I I think for me – Mine would be to stop holding your breath. And what I mean by that is we get into these situations where we are focused or tense or uh, irritated or stressed. And you notice that for for me, anyways, it always goes back to the, the yoga and the breath. But are you holding your breath? Because you you become then that energy builds and it's so tense. So it's sort of the opposite reminder, like remember to breathe simply because that will tap into your parasympathetic nervous system. You know, even as you listen, even as you are impatient, uh, whatever it is you're going throughout your day, 
take a conscious breath and inhale where you're just aware of inhaling and simply exhale because that allows you to be more aware of I am feeling stressed in this moment. I do need to create some space and pause. I do need to take a time out and have a cup of tea. And I know that's not always possible, but when you are aware of your breath, it is so simple and yet so profound that you can create a little bit of space to then respond instead of react. And that's one of the main tenets of mindfulness. Yeah. So it's perfect, yeah. and I love that they 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 sound. And the thing is, people are probably listening along, and they go, "They're so simple. They're so basic." And that's it's the best so thing. It's so hard to do. It's it, so hard to do in the moment when you're really worked up. Yeah, yeah, and but that's and that's why that's so beautiful because it is so simple and it can make such a powerful difference. Now, um, before I let you go, uh, the best place to find you is probably your Run Your Life podcast. Um, I love the mindfulness series that you've done together. Um, do you want to give a little bit of a spiel for that? Because I can guarantee people are listening going, I want more. Can you repeat the question because you cut out my man? Yep, cool. Um so, guys, I, I know how precious time is, and one thing I've loved today is your conversation. I know so many other people will just be listening going, I want more of Andy and Neela. So probably the best place is Run Your Life podcast. Is that where they can just soak up the amazing work that you're both doing? Yeah, so we have the, um, the Four Times Mindfulness um, podcast under the Run Your Life podcast umbrella, and that's where we share our recent learning related to mindfulness, but also, we really started to uh, blog again at our um, Mindful and Present uh, website, where we we share uh, the Mindfulness Journey blog. We share a lot of our learning on there, and we're really working hard to have conversations and learn from one another and then put it into a blog format to share with people. So that's one of our intentions over the next year is to blog regularly there to share our learning. So. At mindfulandpresent.com, yeah. 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 I'll, I'll put that in the show notes. Guys, this is episode 156. Now, before I let you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for today's conversation. It was um, one that I've been wanting to get you both on here for a while. And um, I know so many people will be able to take at least one or two things away from today's chat. And um, it's just lovely to see the way you're both connecting to each other, your family, and um, the, the presence that you have around the world because I don't see you guys very much, I've only uh, introduced ourselves a couple of times, but when you do, you're so warm and loving, and I can tell that people can hear that in your voice today. So thank you for the work you're doing, and not only that, inspiring uh, people on the other side of the world, um, and it's just lovely to see. Yeah, and, and thank you for you modeling, modeling to others you know, that idea of following your dreams. You're doing amazing work, man. When when we see all the workshops you're running and and um, in, in meeting you for the first time, I think in 2016, and just seeing your commitment, you know, the level of commitment, and and you just keep putting great work out there. And so I I really commend you for that. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Dale. It's been great.